Hey everybody, I'm having so much fun with my friend Ladoon. Uh, you are tuned in to the Unconventional Christian Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Unconventional Christian Podcast, and I'm your host, Ladoon Thompson, and we have the amazing, super talented, blessed up Michelle Williams here today, and I'm happy to have you here today. Uh, thank you, brother. Thank you so much for the invitation. It's uh, I'm just excited to see um, you expand, Ladoon, and all the things that you have going on. And um, I'm just, I'm excited to be here. So I'm like, let's dig in and have no, some fun. For sure. I, I think that, um, and you know, it's so crazy. Like during the uh, pandemic, when we were getting to get ready, I wanted to link with you and talk. But I know we, it's just, everything is timing. This is perfect timing, perfect season. It feels like we're coming out of something um, and we're going into a new level. So um, before we That's start, so good. I always start with a prayer. So um, yeah, can we bow our heads and pray? Father God, thank you for bringing us here today. Thank you for this opportunity to come together and have this amazing conversation and fellowship together. Father God, we are asking that you touch this conversation, that you sit myself, you sit Michelle down and you stand up and lead us, that this conversation will be that it will be helpful to someone out there who needs to hear this word, Father God. And we're thanking you in advance. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 I got hot. That's the... Yeah. <laughs> I got hot that quick. That's so funny. <laughs> the anointing and fell already. The anointing. It's so funny you say that word. And we and I've been talking this week, the conversation of the anointing and what mm. comes with being anointed is... Um, has been very prevalent like lately it's been it's been a thing you know a lot of people don't know you know and when you speak on the spiritual realm a lot of folks don't um, understand what comes with being anointed um, and I think that when I look at you and um, what God has called you to not only in this season but in the last 20 years what you've been able to accomplish um when it talks about the anointing like what what are some things that you feel comes with the anointing that a lot of people aren't quite ready for um sacrifice mm. if jesus himself had to sacrifice his life and his entire body what makes us think that we're not going to have to give up things Right. For the anointing. Um, sometimes the, the cost of anointing is isolation. Mm. Um, friendships that, you know, transition. Right. Um, you know. But even some of the, the greater your obstacles, you know. That's just that's the cost of being anointed. Um, it's beautiful, but at the same time, it is difficult. It can be a lonely place. Right. Because some people don't understand what they think is awkward and weird. It's like, no, this person is just set apart. This person is just anointed. Um, a lot of anointed people are very sensitive to spirits. Mm. And, um, you, like I said, you might think they're weird or awkward, but, now, the anointing doesn't have to be spooky and sad. Like I said, it's beautiful. Right. But it does come 
with some costs. Right. It comes with some sacrifices. Absolutely. And I think a lot of people don't, you know, this is why we get unconventional here because I think it's here we're able to have conversations that, and I love it here because <laughs> I think we're able to have conversations that like the average ear may have to listen to, want to listen yeah. to, and, you know what I mean? Like, like, especially when it comes to spiritual warfare, um, a lot of folks don't understand that when, when it comes with an anointing with who you are and, you know, there's, and when you have an anointing, um, these things come with it and you have to be able to practice discernment in that season. Um, how important has discernment been and helpful for you when it came to like being in the industry period? Well, that's why I said, you know, sometimes you, uh, having a call on your life means sometimes an isolated, right. lo- lonely life, you know. Uh, because you pick up on things and then it's like sometimes I sit and wonder like you don't see that right. like you don't feel what you don't feel that right right yeah right. I'll rock with that yeah y'all call me when y'all get back <laughs> <laughs> that would be like and I'd be like okay let me pray for y'all before y'all leave Father God, in the name of Jesus, thank you you protect my brother and my dear sister. You know, because I'm like, I'm not going. No. Yeah. Um, but as far as, now, I, the, um, crazy enough, though, um, and especially with Destiny's Child, we were protected from a lot of stuff. Mm. You know, because you got, you got parents running things. Right. They're going to make sure, you know, their girls are safe. And right. So, and I think that's the difference between being female artists versus male artists. Because male artists be getting, like, groupies that raise their shirts up. You can see. <laughs> I've been like, we didn't get none of that. I'll never forget one time a guy was standing outside our tour bus. I think he took his shirt off. He had a shirt off. But... We were like, okay. <laughs> so we 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 didn't come across. Now, if people tried it, we weren't privy to all, um, some things because you know things were vetted beforehand. So I have to say, like we lived vicariously through like dancers, tech. And right. people that worked with us, we were like, what was y'all doing on y'all's tour bus? Because we was watching The Simpsons or Bishop Noel Jones. Like, we weren't doing <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Believe it or not, we people on our tour bus, we would watch The Simpsons, um, Sex in the City, or a lot of um, preachers, um, women and men would send us, right. like, at the, they would send us stuff, stuff to watch on TV because we couldn't get to church a lot. But we weren't out here wilding out. So, sorry, y'all. I don't have no stories for y'all related to the industry. I, <laughs> we don't have them stories. <laughs> uh, nah, and, that, and, that's, and that's good, though, because I think it really tells a tale of who, you know, seeing, like, it's such a beautiful thing to have watched who the, the entire story of Destiny Child play out. Like, to see each and every single member, like, just you know, um, blossom and it's no tales that are coming out. We don't have these people coming out with these tapes from the past. It's just, you know, and, and that's, that's the important thing about like having, um, the right leadership around yeah. that, you know, yeah. that protects you. Like, I think a lot of people come into industry 
and they don't have the right people around them to protect them. Because everyone now, you see a lot of these kids are coming in 14, 15, 16, and it feels like five years later, it feels like they've been in the industry for 20 years, but they've only been there for five years, but they've been through so many different things. Yeah. You know, the other day, um, I think it's only been three years since Cardi B's album, first album. Right, right. And I'm like, it's only been three years. It feels like seven or just... it just feels watching, like, yeah, just watching people grow, evolve, and blossom, or whatever. Like it's only been three years. Like wow, it feels like it's been longer than that. Right, right, right. It, it, it's it's time flies in the industry, but um, and it and it's cool. Like I said, it's for me. It's been amazing to watch you just grow, like grow, and it still feels like every time I look at you, it's like seeing. I still see. The twenty-year-old Michelle Williams, like you know, age, like, uh, lovely, like you know, that, that's what a thing is like. You know, I think for me, I say it all the time. The thing that one, one thing that gives us youth is, I feel like it's being in the bosom of God. You know what I mean? And yeah. I think in the industry, like a lot of times, I think people don't. Um, one thing I was talking about, like there are not too many people that publicly proclaimed their love for God. I think on the in the in the back rooms you hear them say, oh my God, I love Jesus Christ. But mm-hmm. when it comes to publicly showing PDA to to God, I think a lot of people are hold they do hold back. And it and, and sometimes I wonder if it's because they feel like it might affect people's um love for them as fans. I don't know. What do you think about that? Well, I think people want you to be inclusive. And if you talk about God or if you even go as far to say Jesus, (laughs) you know, God is more universal. But when you say Jesus, yeah, you know, you're really alienating yourself from certain followers, listeners or people. Not everybody believes in Jesus. Right. Right. You know, and so. You know, we've been told, you know, that we used to talk about God too much. You know, are y'all a Christian group or y'all a pop group? Right. Like, I need to figure that out. Um, but just where I stand, there's been no secret about where I stand um, and what I proclaim and what I believe. And I, I didn't think there was a problem with it. Right. My thing is, if everyone else can profess their beliefs, why can't we as Christians? Right. It's it's why do we why do we have to tone what we believe down? And I, I don't I don't understand it. Yeah, I never understood it, but I just was like, you know what? Um one thing my father always used to say, and my father would always say it, it just as like I heard it so many times as a child that like my father would always be like, As for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. And and it's Amen. like that's something that stood like it's always me and my friends would joke and we'd be having conversations and I just bust out like was well, me and my family. We serve the Lord. <laughs> Listen, ain't no doubt about it. <laughs> now, one thing I, I think everyone and this is a question everybody uh, had conversations. What do you think that when it came to the pandemic, how did it uh, how, how did it impact your spirit? Um, at first I was, I had some fear and then I was like, no, we got this. We're going to be all right. Mm. You know, 
And as time went on and the depth started rising and rising and rising, I was was shaking a little bit, you know, but sometimes you're put in a place where all you have left to stand on is your faith. Mm. And that's all, that's all I have to stand on is faith and wisdom. Right. You know, and and not to be out here reckless, that's for sure. Right. You know, that's where the wisdom kicks in. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's like faith. I don't want to live in fear either. So how do you balance that? How you balance the fitness? So, you know, we say it's so easy to say faith over fear. Like um, what specific things did you use to like, like strengthen your faith in during, Mm -hmm. during the year we've had, like just in this space? Now, um, I know it talks about how God has not given us a spirit of fear. Mm-hmm. But for even fear to have been talked about in that time and for that to be in the Bible, right. there was obviously something that was going on and it was called fear. Right. Fear is a natural human response to something. Right. And just because you have fear does not mean you don't have faith. Just because you have fear doesn't mean you're not a prayer. You're not in prayer. You don't read your Bible or that you're not a good person. Fear is, bro, I'm afraid of needles or sis. You see that spider over there? Right. That's a natural human response. To me, I just feel like, what what do we do with the fear? How do we let it overwhelm us and overtake us? I think that's where we got to kind of, because fear can also, fear is tricky because even when you say it's a human response, but there are places where fear shouldn't even reside. But it does, which is taking certain steps with your life. Right. Okay. You can have so much fear that you're afraid to move on and do certain things career wise, spiritually, make certain moves because you're just scared of the unknown. Right. Sometimes God doesn't give us the full picture. He just gives us instructions. Right. That's it. And. Can we get out of our own way, trust God's track record and be like, okay, I've seen him work in my life in this area before. Okay. It's like, he's like, yo, I'm trying to build up your trust. Right. Right. You know, but if you stay fearful and stuck, you know, how does he have a track record when you don't step out and just take those, you know, uh, put those one steps in front of the other. I think God already knows what's going to happen. And I think there are ways that he tries to guide us and protect us um, from certain things, but we got to move when he says to move too. Mm. And, and, and it's so funny when you say that um, obedience comes to my mind because um, that's one of the real biggest things that like hinder us in our purpose. A lot of times I think is the obedience part because I think a lot of times there's this um, saying, I say it so much, and people probably get tired of hearing me say it. If you are obedient, when God first puts something on your heart, it won't feel like so much of a sacrifice. Wow, that's good. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Like, Have li- you heard this thing, um, delayed obedience is still disobedience? What do you think about that? Delayed, delayed obedience is still, yeah. still disobedience. Right. So that's, and that's, and that's true because even in your delayed obedience, like I always say this when it's trying to get, when you're trying to get into a space of following your purpose, right? 
There's certain things that God will call you to in that journey that you have to be obedient in that time. So now the delayed part, if you give the delayed obedience, now you can still, you can still attain that purpose that God put on you, but now you got to carry these bags with you. You either got to carry, you got these, you got these kids that you done had now. You know what I mean? Now you're kind of yoked with someone in your journey that you might, that you might not. Like it's still, it's one of those things that is that now you're in, in, in God's permissible will, not in his perfect will. That's that's delayed obedience leads to being in his permissible will. You know what I'm saying? Instead of his what divine His divine perfect will. Now, is there now that we say that, like, is there any moments in your lot in the last in your life where you feel like you realize in a certain moment that, wow, this is this is God's permissible will. Like, I'm not. Yeah. Yeah, or there are some things that I feel like he's put on my heart to do. And this is why I tell people, do not wait for conditions to be perfect before you do something that God has told you or put on your heart to do. Right. Um, There is this, um, and I don't know if it's an analogy or comparison. It's like, I don't know about you, but if my mother told me something to do, you get up and do it. Right. Because you know the consequences of what's going to happen if you don't do it. Right. Okay. Versus um, when God tells us something to do, we got to get prophecy first. We got to get confirmation. Lord, if this is you, tell me. Versus you didn't need confirmation when your mama told you to get up and take that trash out. Did you say, hold up, mom, hold up that. Let me get confirmation first that this is what I'm supposed to do. I need a prophetic word before to confirm what you told me to do. Exactly. (laughs) No, you trust the consequences that come when you don't, when you don't do what your parents say do. But I literally, I I asked God this question a couple years ago in about 2014. I said, Lord, why do we continue to disobey? And the answer that I got was because we don't see or we don't experience immediate consequences of disobedience. Mm. We think because we got away with something or like I said, the consequence was an immediate that we're off. We're good to go. Right, right. Why do we sin or why do we disobey? Because we don't see the immediate consequences of our disobedience. Right. Man. And that's that's that tore me of, up. Yeah. No, that 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 right there, that's real because like I said, that leads, you know, some you know, you know, the craziest thing is realizing at some point in your life when you're like, oh my God, this is not the perfect will. Like I realize it like more and more as you move further along, you're like why does it this feel a lot of times it could be you could be in the greatest financial space, but it, it, you can be you can have all the things you want. That that unhappiness, that unease that you feel all the time is it, it to me comes off as this is when people realize they're like, I'm really not in God's perfect will right now. Like, yeah, because, you know, the blessings of the Lord they make it rich and add no sorrow. Right. 
you're going to have peace right. when God is there and in it. Now, I'll tell you this now. Sometimes even moving into what God says do might even, just because you might feel it's not peace versus it's a little uncomfortable at right. first. It's a little new. It's a little uncomfortable. So don't get that confused with, okay, this ain't God because it's not comfortable. Right. Sometimes moving and moving at God's pace is not always going to be comfortable. The reason why it's not comfortable because we don't want to give up certain things. We don't want to give up certain people. We want to, it's like we want to serve God, but serve him comfortably. Right, right, right. And that's not. That's, that's, the, that's, 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 uh-uh. that's the crazy part of it. Because, and it's like, for me, I always say this, this, the, the, you know, when I say trust the process, I tell people trust the process all the time. Now, trust in the process is still is a three part journey. It's out of Egypt into mm-hmm. the wilderness, then finally into the promised land. We get into that wilderness space and it gets uncomfortable and everyone's like, you know what, I'm going to head on back to Egypt. I'm going to head on out. I'm going to head on out. <laughs> I'll go back to Egypt. It's a little bit more comfortable. <laughs> they got food. We got beds. I'm good here. And that's the, a lot of the times I speak to people when they're just like, yo, it's easy. It's so much easier to go back to Egypt. It's so much easier to be in a comfortable space than, than stay in that discomfort just for a little while. Just for a moment. Mm-hmm. But God does his, his best work. Amen. God does his best work in, in, in the wilderness. Absolutely. That's good. Come on, Madhu. When you opening up your church? <laughs> you know what? I, 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 you know, I'm, I may, I could be running from it. I could be running from it, but I'm not really running. I'm waiting. I'm trying to hear from God on what the next step is. I like the space I'm in right now. Yeah. Yeah. Like spiritually leading people, but not like, like I love being in a space where the average common person can like find common ground because when it comes to like religion, a lot of times the fear, but I'm not going to be disobedient when I hear it. I'm out. I'm gonna be right there with my um I'm gonna be right there with my uh I don't even know what that is when they have the, the pastor's uniform on, I'll be right there with it once I hear that call. But I think Listen. Uh, <laughs> I think the biggest thing for me a lot of times is just that like nowadays people are so nervous about um when it comes to religion, because it's this religion when it comes to faith, a lot of people are more focused on the religion part than they are the relationships they have with people. You know what I mean? Like a lot of times when it comes to um, being in- Well, that's your- the name of your ministry, relationship. And then you're just going to tell everybody, welcome to relationship. Well, <laughs> I'm, a friend of mine, I, I, I just saw somebody tweet. It was like, let's not act like Ladoon and start his own- uh, Ladoon ain't start his own church because I've been doing that prayer room on live every morning at 10 15. Um, and it's been, it's been, it's been a lot. It's been beautiful. By the way, I'm teasing you. Don't let me or anybody pressure you. Uh, pastoring, I'm sure you know pastors. And yeah. it's, 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 it's beyond just getting on IG or YouTube or whatever and giving a word. Right. It's, all the other stuff that's um, that's beyond that. 
you right. know, the administrative side the, uh, is so much. So don't let anybody pressure you. That oh, does do. have to be, that has to be a God move. It's yes. a good move. A good move. It's got to be a God move. It's got to be a God move because yeah, man. I feel like that's why a lot of people crack under pressure because sometimes they're more influenced by what people say about them, their character, and how they could and should be a pastor. But the real thing is, is it your actual calling? You know what I mean? That's right. Yeah, because a person's calling might be to evangelize, meaning you go across the country, you go across the world, maybe you're uh, t- t- television, but to actually pastor, yeah. to have the heart a shepherd, a heart of a shepherd, that's that's a different, right. it's a different ball game. Right. And even even me, like it's so funny. Now we're in this, um, you know, uh, we're in this space now where, like, you know, we we have DMX, who's who's I know. really in, um, you know, you know, and you know, God has the final say in that, you know, situation. Um, a lot of times there are people, you know, we look at him and what he has done. Um, it's so crazy what he has done for. Um, I would just say for the ministry of God um, mm. in a different way. You know what I yes. mean? It's, 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 it's different. And um, I think now it's just seeing him. We saw him battle these, these demons for so long. Um, what was your reaction? Like over the years, like your reaction to just, you know, seeing him like, and how you felt. Cause I've always, Man, I've always had a heart facts because I've seen uh, like it's yeah, just you see his heart. You see what you know beyond anything else. I think the reason why people kept rocking with him so much because there are some people who have done the same thing and they've been cast aside. Right, right. You don't right. hear from them again. But God still allowed us to see his heart. His heart. And you're like, yo, we're rooting for you. Keep going, keep going, keep going. And I think to the enemy, um, just just knows the damage that X can do. Right, right. Because he, like, it's just like a lot of times hearing him talk, like that man, that man knows the word. And like the word, so much wisdom. You know what I mean? And um, there are just certain things just, you know, my heart goes out to him and his family. Like you said, God does have the final say, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I, I, to be honest, and I don't toot my spirituality like that, but I was weeping and wailing and crying out to God, please, Lord, raise him up, raise him back up, raise him back up. Right. You know, and just let him go like full throttle for you, Lord. Just just raise him up again. Right. Um, you know, so you know, and that's why you have to be careful who we put our mouth on, you know, we don't know what people are going through. Right. Um so literally as an opal say, just pray for people. Pe- it's Pray for people. Don't let their don't let people be your punchline. Right, right, right. A lot of people, you know, 
in the industry, just in general, it was like that was one of those things that like when and and, and it, that's why the industry is so like it's always been fickle to me when I watch things and I see how yeah easily they love you this one moment and then how easily and so quickly they're 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 just quick to like get rid of you, especially with, you know, when it comes to even such things as cancel culture. But you know the, the great thing about X, no matter what. I don't even think he ever fell into cancel culture, despite everything like he went through, because I think, you know, people still we we have a heart for him. You know what I mean? We've always I think everyone's kind of had a heart for him in this in this mm. in the last couple of years, not the last mm. couple of years, but we've seen him fall. But, you know, it's always been that fall seven times and get up eight, man. And we're still mm. praying. And we're yeah. praying and we're still praying that they're coming because we know it can happen. So absolutely. 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 Yeah. Um, and, and, and with that, I remember recently I was watching an uh, interview with his and he was talking about like generational curses. Um, mm-hmm. And um, how do you adhere to that concept? Because a lot of times people think like the generational curse can be spiritual, but sometimes the generational curse is a mindset, right? It's a- um, it can be a mindset. It can be it can be patterns and behaviors that are passed down from generation to generation. Right. And what we think is normal is actually dysfunction. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, but but we think it's normal because we survived and thrived through it. Right. But there's some stuff we had no business being privy to emotionally, mentally, spiritually, especially as it relates to trauma, grief mm-hmm. and loss. Right. Some stuff is really we got to call it for what it is. Right. It's dysfunction. Right. But like I said, but because we made it through. We were like, oh, it's normal. Right. And we can't we, we, we got to identify it. And as a community. As a community, I say it all the time, and it's one of the things I talk about in the prayer room, um, is we talk about how we have to heal together. We have to come out of this together because we can come, we can go through this wilderness, this 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 generational curse that some people are, a lot of people are experiencing. I feel like we can come out of this as long as we we come out together. We got to heal together. We have to be able to identify these traumas because, you know, I'm having these conversations with women from specifically in my community. um, And they're talking about emotional trauma. They've gone through abuse, like just child abuse when it comes to even molestation. And and it's, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, being exposed to uh, certain sexual lifestyles early Absolutely. in life that um, these were, you know, and people are suffering, suffering from, you know, losing family members. They have resentment and, and um, unforgiveness and it's weighing people down. What are some of the steps now that some people can use? Because we can you know, we've always said it and it's and luckily it's coming to light even more than ever that, you know, therapy is no faith is great. Prayer is great. But therapy is 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 a faith without works is dead. That's when I look yeah. at therapy, I look at it as the work being done. How mm-hmm. can we help our community and our women um, within these inner city communities? How can they how can we. I think a lot of the big question is how can they um, begin to take those steps to heal? Well, therapy is so good because what therapy can do is they'll do something. I think it's called a geneogram where 
you know, it helps you figure out the patterns of your mom and dad. Mm. Then if, if you can remember the patterns of their parents. Right. So not only the, the patterns of your mom and dad, the patterns and behaviors of their siblings. Mm. The pa- and it just kind of, and but it, it takes somebody writing it out for you so you can kind of see maybe even where you fall in, okay? Now, um, I know some of us have been guilty of saying, I'm never going to be like my mom. I'm never going to be like my daddy. Right. Well, boo-boo. Our traits come from the DNA of our parents. Right. There are certain things that's just in us. Right. Right. So I had a coach that helped me to, okay, they were like, write out the good and bad traits of your mom. Right. Write out the good and bad traits of your dad. Look at the bad traits. How are they working out for you? Well, look at the good and bad traits of your parents and see which out of those do you have. Right. And then what we're going in out of the bad ones, the ones that don't work for you, we are going to try. We're going to do our best to reverse some of that behavior, reprogram. And it takes time and it has a lot to do with how you respond. Mm. When you're practicing on how you respond, it's like it's building a muscle. And trust me, you will be tested in that area. So don't feel like this is not going to work. Trust me, you will be tested in the area that you were taught or you will be tested in the area that you teach. Mm. Every student has tests. Right. And when you are trying to better yourself and get down to the root of your behaviors and your responses, oh, trust me, you will be tested. But just to use that time to be like, okay. This is what they were telling me. And I encourage everybody, you don't have to go to therapy because something traumatic is going on or something traumatic happened. You right. should go just like you said. to, Or you could say, you know, I'm starting to respond like my mom. I'm starting to respond like my dad in certain areas. And it's not working for me and my relationships or my career. Have somebody sit down with you to kind of, you know, get to the root of that and kind of reverse and unlearn some of that stuff. And then I take that to prayer, too. Hmm. I say, God, you heard what my, me and my therapist was talking about. Right. Now, you know, I know you can kind of fast track some of this stuff, some <laughs> of this healing. Although, God, I still got some work to do. I'm still going to do the work. But, God, I knew I know you hear what they were what we were talking about. And God, sometimes I don't have the words um, to even express what I need for you to do for me. You know what I need. So let's go. You know right. what I mean? So I really encourage people. I mean, you know, tomorrow at noon, that's my appointment with my therapist. And I get excited and not because anything is wrong at the moment, but right. I love to check in and just tell her what's going on and my journey. And we just we just have that weekly check in. of All right. What's going on? So I just encourage everybody out there watching to find somebody. You can go to psychologytoday.com. And if you want to find a therapist, that's the quickest that I can tell you, um, uh, psychology, psychologytoday.com, if you're interested in some type of counseling or therapy, or there's so many resources. Um, there's NAMI, N-A-M-I, mm-hmm. um, Mental, Health, Mental Health America, the MHA. Um, mm-hmm. If you, if you kind of want to try, you know, and um, I would try that. And then ask God to give you some safe people. 
right. you know, that you can talk to. They got to be safe people. Accountability partners. Yeah. Safe people. Safe people that got your back. Safe people that aren't going to be judgmental. And safe people that won't tell what you're processing. Right, right. And they won't be injurious to you. Um, yeah. And That's a lot good. of times they're... And, you know, and oh, man, it's you know, so much, so much to say right now, because it was so much that you just said when you said that I just started with a new therapist um, yes. over and um, what you said, uh, the genealogy. What is that? I think you said geniogram. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just heard when you said something, I was like, oh, that's what she's doing, because I went in there. Yeah. I went in there. I'm like, look, this is what I need. This is what I'm trying to fix. This is what I'm trying to work on right now. And mm-hmm. I started saying all this stuff. She was like. Uh, okay. So it seems like you're coming in here. You're trying to tell me what your diagnosis is. And she's right. So we have a couple more weeks. I'll let you be in the driver's. I'll let you be in the driver's will. And you'll tell me everything. And we're going to talk about your mom and attachment styles. I'm like, attachment styles, my mother, my father, how they love me. I'm like, they were great. She was like, well, we'll see. We'll just want to talk some more. We'll figure out some things. And, um, I think it's like that's the information you also dropped. I can't wait to um this is important information. People people don't know where to Yeah, it's um um uh genogram and it's a graphic representation of a family tree that displays detailed data on relationships among individuals. Right. It goes beyond a family tree by allowing the user to analyze hereditary patterns and psychological factors that punctuate relationships. Mm. You know, and so you'll just maybe you don't act like your mom, but you right. act like her sister. Right. Right. You act like, you know, so just kind of and, and some, that, some of it, some of it works for me. I have strong women. My I, my mother's sisters were strong women. And I'm like, man, I sound like my Aunt Jackie right now. They're like, no, that was my mama. Or some of my humor, I'm like, that's from my dad. You know, and so, right. so those are the cool, fun things. But then I have to look at some of the negative things. I might be a hothead at times, right. you know, or maybe certain things that come out my mouth. Be like, yeah, that was the Baptist side. That was my daddy that came out that time. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. So whenever I want to use some colorful language, I'll be like, that was the Baptist in me. Right, right. And that's, and I think that's important. Like right now, I'm just in that journey and um, I'm learning. Yet to, you know what? It's okay when you think you're like, it's, it's fine that in some point of my life, I'm looking back at myself and I'm like, I'm a good person. I'm a good person. Now I'm getting to the place in my life where I'm like, I think, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I've been right, but not righteous in certain situations. You know what I mean? When it comes to giving certain people grace, because we talk about how much we want to be like Jesus, but are we giving people grace? Because it's so easily, as soon as somebody wrongs us, like we write them off and we're like, you know what? Or more important, we're so, we're so um, focused on tell, like explaining to them where they are wrong and you are right, that you actually end up you actually end up hurting them because sometimes in certain scenarios, it's just working, trying to, for me, I've been working on a space of understanding that I've been, I've been right in certain situations, but not righteous in the way I've handled mm. people. You know what I mean? Because 
if you're giving people grace, you're not like, yo, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. And instead it's like, all right, yeah, I understand that person's wrong. You don't have to, they know they're wrong. It's like, but in the same token, you can have a conversation, but you don't have to impose to them about how wrong they are. Because sometimes you leave it to God. God will God will show them in certain Absolutely. If you leave something alone sometimes and you let it be, they'll come back to you and and and, and they'll be they're, 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 they're so they're so drawn to your light that you gave them and the grace that you gave them. They're like, y'all got to start walking with this person a little bit more because even when I was wrong, he didn't beat me down about me being wrong. He just let me like sit in that for a moment. Mm. I think that's just like, that's one of the biggest things in journeys for me now. Like I'm really working on like just the grace that we give people. A lot of times we don't give people grace that we, that we um, that God has given us in this season. Mm, that's so true, you know. Um, and we forget that we are going to be recipients and in need of grace. Yes. One day, you know what I mean. Yeah. So we have to reshape what we reap by what we sow, right. and it's not too late. You know, you will reap what you sow. You will reap the good things that right. you sow. And hopefully grace kicks in so we don't have to reap some of the bad seeds. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Like I'm a recipient of grace. I'm a recipient of grace from what I've done in my past. Right. And Lord, I'm let's write these checks for the grace I'm going to need for the future. Because Lord, no, I'm going to be in need of grace. Right. So I don't never turn my nose up at somebody. Now, I might think something somebody did was foul. Yeah. But, you know, I, I even want to release myself of that because it's, I even want to get to a place where I'm like, man, ain't none of my business. Grace to them. Right. Grace to him. Grace to her. Right. I don't even want to inject commentary. Mm. Yeah. And, and we get to a place where we don't even inject commentary on something that is eventually made public and be like, Man, God bless. Lord, step yeah. in, work, work, work it out. Yeah. You know, make it work for their good. Just, you know, that's what it is. Speak life. If we are going to inject commentary, let it be life-giving. Right, right, right. And, that, and, that, and that's so, so, so true because I think that, like me, I'm even to a space now, like, I don't even, please don't bring no gossip my way. I don't even want to hear it because... Now, gossip comes your way and you hear about something, someone, and in that moment, you start to place judgment on them ahead of time. You don't even realize you're placing judgment. They may come, somebody may say something, I don't even like to, I don't even like to hear it because somebody may say, oh, you know, this person, they, you know, I think they stole, I think they did, I don't know for a fact, but they come to you like, yeah, she was stealing. And now that person comes to you, they're in a place where they want to, they're trying to come to you because of your light, but you've already been, your ear has been poisoned about them. So when they come to you, even though you may be giving them love, there's a piece of you that you don't even realize, like you might be walking away, you're like, let me grab this pen before he's still my favorite pen. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's so easy, like in that moment, you, you've already placed judgment. And That's right. I don't, I, you know, when my time is up, I do not want, I do not want God to place judgment on me based off the millions of things I have done secretly. That's right. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm with you, bro. 
Yeah. Wow, this has been amazing. <laughs> so good, so good. Oh, it's it, it's so uh, it's so so many things and so much I could go on, but I I, I just before we um we wrap because there's so there's just a few there's two things I want. We just got to do part two, part three, part four. <laughs> no, I look forward to it. I, well, I really look. I can't wait to have you. I would love to hear you come pray on the prayer room because the the the, the things that I'm dealing with when I like. When you open that door to people coming to you, like you don't realize how much like you're allowing on your spirit. You know what I mean? Mm. And now I'm surrounding myself with certain accountability partners that are praying on me because I do the prayer. I was doing it all of March. I did it every day, Monday through Friday. And wow. I would pray from 10, 15 to about 1130, 1145. We'd be t- first it's, it's conversation followed by we wrap with prayer. Like I'm just talking and, we're talking about things. And then I walk away. I hit end on a live and I'm like. Yeah, that's takes me, pouring out. It takes yeah. two hours. And, and I remember T.D. Jake saying something. He said, you know, I get I know I gave a good word when everyone that hears it is encouraged and I go home and I feel discouraged. And that's wow. why it's, it's, it's so important to have accountability partners that are walking with you and realizing that season, like, like, let me pray from him. Let me, let me lay hands on you and pray for you. And it's such an amazing thing to have those accountability partners that can do that for you. And it requires, now I'm in a space where it requires vulnerability and transparency. And for you, you've been very, over the last, I would say last eight to 10 years, that we've had the most vulnerable, transparent Michelle ever. Um, no, and it, it's, it's so helpful because, you know, and and I, I love giving you know Charlotte so much credit because he's 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 brought so much attention to mm-hmm. uh, to the mental health space. But in I, I always say also I do remember you were one of the first people to me that kicked it off. Where people like you know we're looking at at people and someone comes out and says this is this is what's going on. This is going yeah. on with me, and I want to deal with it head on. And you did that and a lot and it, it, it caused so many women to open up because I know a thousand women were reaching out to you and say, Michelle, that's me too. The people closest yeah. to you are coming up to you. And like I have men around me that are coming up to me and they're saying, These are people that I see. We we they go out, they spend money, they're laughing, they're entertaining everybody. They say, Since I'm doing, I go home every night and I'm just I feel so broken inside. Yeah. Um Well, I remember it's been about eight or nine years since I kind of disclosed publicly about depression and it was actually men that um, I never, it was at like uh, good morning America one day um, in Chicago, I think at ABC or WGN it, men would were coming to me, talking to me with like tears in their eyes, thanking me for talking about it. Now, women, naturally, they're going to be like, oh, my gosh, you know how we get. We just, right. oh. that's yeah. our immediate reaction, right? Right. But for I was so thankful for men that were coming to me, sharing their story, and just they were just saying, I'm going to go get help. And I'm like, men, I don't know if y'all realize that those are some of the sexiest words you can right. ever say is I've got to go get some help. You are strong. You're not weak. It takes a strong person. Right. You're you're weak when you walk around here acting like you're all right. 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 Now, 
either that or you really walking in great faith. Right, right, right. And it's, it's, it's but it's most of the time it's the, it's what I said before, you're, you're being weak because you don't want to, you feel like it's going to take away from your masculinity if you go sit in somebody's chair. I know someone, um, a young man that's on medication and he's like, I just take it just like I take my daily vitamins and supplements. Like it's not even a thing anymore. It's like people are doing whatever they need to do to, you know, be calm and not have intrusive thoughts and whatever you got to do, you guys, you know, do it. You know, at least from me and Ladoon, there yeah. ain't no judgment from us Absolutely on you not. getting the care and the help that you need. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just because you're depressed don't mean you was living. I've heard people say you're living in sin or you ain't reading your Bible enough. You're not praying enough. There are. Well, then tell that to tell that there. There are so many prolific people in the Bible who had gone through so much stuff. Right. But God still used them, you know, and guess what? If you're depressed right now and you feel like you're living in sin, you know, some of now I'll say this. There was a moment while I was in my depression, I was in a relationship that um, this was in the 2000s. So I don't want nobody thinking that it's, you know, somebody else because it ain't. <laughs> and um and that was something that I knew on the first date mm. I wasn't supposed to be with this person. But four years later, I'm still in the relationship. And I just look back at pictures and the toll that it even took on me physically. Right. It was so dark. You know, when you're out of God's will. Ooh, it's a dark place. It's, it's a dark, dark place, which can definitely contribute and add to de- your depression. It added on to the depression that I was already already dealing with since the seventh grade. Mm. So you have to be careful with the, with the decisions that you make when you already have a diagnosis. Like, right. come on, right, right. Be careful. <laughs> discern, 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 and pay attention to the voice of the spirit. I just remember that particular time. I was like, well, Lord. He took me to my favorite restaurant. He was like, that ain't the one, baby. Take yourself, oh, take your own, take, take your own self out to the well. He um he 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 pursued me. God is like, I'm pursuing you too. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's that's and that's and that's that's so real because like they said, red flags look like roses when you're in that space. Red flags. Okay. <laughs> um Look, I, I definitely, before we uh, rock out. I, or somebody, it, well, there's another one, but I know this is a Christian, but somebody said, red flags look like six flags when you're horny. <laughs> <laughs> you like, Yes, yes. You don't, like, care. Baby. you don't care about nothing when you're in that space. You no. be like, red flag for me, red flag for me, <laughs> all the red flags for me. You be like... <laughs> When that thing, when I saw that meme that said red flags look like six flags, because I love that amusement park six flags. I'd be loving the funnel cakes, the turkey legs, the roller coasters. And you'd be like, <laughs> babe, that relationship ain't six flags. It's a red flag. I'm going to need you to head out. Right, so anyway, right, dude, right. We, this can go into part two, part three. Um, before No, before you, I want your, 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 um, your book, May 25th. May, May 25th. 25th. 
Yes, my book Checking In comes out. It is a memoir, um, but it really details my journey with depression. Mm-hmm. And um, I talk about how getting real with depression saved my life. Right. And I just hope that it can save yours, too. And um, so that's what um, the book is about. Um, we talk about the three pillars of checking in, but you got to get the book to see what those three pillars are. And um, I'd love to come back um, on here maybe after the book is released and um, maybe we'll do a, a book reading while I read a couple chapters. Or if, if there are people, you know, in your world who have bought the book, it's like, let's, oh, maybe we can do a private Zoom. We can do a private Zoom book, but like a book reading, book club situation. Yeah, yeah, I'm a, down. I have people doing a book club situation from the prayer room right now. So um, that would be amazing to make that our May book. That would be, that, that's, that's what we're doing. Um, okay, I'm down. Five rapids, real quick before we get out. Five rapid questions. Red Hot or Tabasco? Red Hot. John Gray or T.D. Jakes? Oh, let's go. <laughs> let's go. Rapid. Even John Gray would say Bishop Jakes. All right. Burpees or Stairmaster? Stairmaster. <laughs> In the verses, Usher or Chris Brown? <gasps> Do you tried it? In the verses, Usher or Chris Brown? <laughs> Woo! I, I'm not going to answer that. You're not going to have folks coming up to me and canceling me. <laughs> All right. I, 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 well, so you know what? I'm going to say... I'm and I'm not I'm not leaning more one way or the other. It really would be a tie for me. It's cool. I'll go with a tie because that's because I'm gonna leave the Tasha Cobb and Tamala Man when I leave it alone. We'll just leave. You tried. You know what? <laughs> Look, Michelle, I am so thankful for your um, just for the opportunity to be here with you. Um, I look forward to fellowshipping and, and, and building some more in the future. I, I love what you're doing and I pray God continues to keep his hands over you in, this, in these next seasons of your life. Thank you so much. I appreciate you, Ladoon, and I just pray that God continues to breathe on everything um, that you're doing and that everything you put your hands to prospers. And that's my prayer for you and your team and the people that um, are listening to you. And thank you for taking the time out to um, be with people every day and pray with people. That's really, really, really big. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you for joining us. Once again, ushers, Chris Brown fans, don't let him come for me. Y'all, I didn't say a word. Yeah. (laughs) That's a wrap. That's a wrap. Thank you for coming, y'all.